Bibles to Joshua chapter 5, and I'll be taking as my text the last few verses of that chapter, which are verses 13 through 15. Let me just say I'm thankful to have the opportunity to come again. This uh, passage has been on my heart for a while, and when you're just a student in training, sometimes it happens where you don't have to get to preach all too often, and uh, the Lord lays texts on you, and this text has been on my heart for quite some time, so I'm thankful for the opportunity to bring it uh, before you all today. So let's just uh, read again the last few verses of Joshua chapter 5, beginning in verse 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. With God's word open before us, let's all pray. Our dear Father in heaven, Lord, we thank thee for today, and for blessing us with thy word. Lord, I pray that you would bless the time that we have in your house. Lord, I pray that you would bless the word to our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would send your spirit today. Lord, I pray that you would fill me with your spirit, that I may preach thy word boldly. Lord, I pray that you keep my mouth from error. Lord, I pray that it would be an encouragement to all those here and all those listening. Lord, I pray that you would bless us today and help us to love and honor you. Lord, we pray this in thy son's holy and precious name. Amen. Put yourself in Joshua's shoes. He's just taken on the responsibility of leading the Israelites' army after the death of Moses and is facing the first military encounter after crossing the Jordan, the siege of Jericho. It would be absolutely necessary for Jericho to fall in order for Israel to progress and take over the land. Humanly speaking, however, such a task was impossible because from the Israelites' point of view and pretty much anyone else who aimed at destroying it, the city of Jericho was impregnable. At that time in history, the art of war had not been greatly developed and it would not be until the time of the Grecians and the Romans that the art of sieging a walled city and the invention of siege machines and the like would be more fully developed. Regardless of whatever knowledge of warfare existed at the time of Joshua, no one in Israel was privy to that knowledge. Joshua couldn't call up his war engineer and ask him to build a 50-foot tall siege tower and a few catapults, and if it was only up to him and his army, that's what he would have needed. Because the walls of Jericho were comprised, to our best knowledge, of three separate walls and a soil embankment. The first was a 12 to 15 foot tall retaining wall holding the soil embankment which sloped upwards. The second was an 8 to 10 foot tall mud brick wall that stood directly behind the first wall. And the final one stood at the top of the embankment and was another 8 to 10 foot tall mud brick wall. Each of these walls were approximately 6 feet thick and all together gave a total wall height of about 46 feet. By the standards of the time, the city was impregnable. The promise remained to Joshua, however, that the Lord would give all of the land into their hands, and that the Lord would not fail him, nor forsake him. So he no doubt understood and believed that Jericho would fall. 
But nonetheless, there stood Jericho in full view looming before Joshua. This, I believe, is where we find Joshua in verse 13 of the passage we read. He's courageous. You can see that as he goes out to meet the captain of the Lord's host and demanding of him, are you for us or are you against us? But still, he might be concerned. He might be hopeful, yet perplexed, and faithful, yet uncertain. This kind of situation, truth be told, is quite common for all Christians. For we have all been called into a war with the world, the flesh, and the devil, where we know the final outcome will be victory, because Christ will ultimately be victorious over all of his foes. But how exactly that victory will come about, we might not see. All that take the name of Christ are to do battle internally and externally for the name of Christ in spiritual warfare. As we even read this morning, Ephesians 6.12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This wrestling is assumed for all believers. And for those that are in Christ, we will all inevitably come across, if you will, spiritual Jerichos. It might be a particular struggle with sin that seems impossible to get complete victory over in our lives. Or it might be a circumstance that presents difficulties that seem insurmountable, that as you stand before them, it would appear as a wall that stands before you impeding your spiritual progress. And it may even be a particular person or group of people that oppose the work of Christ and so oppose you. But whatever it is, what we need is the same thing that occurred to Joshua in this passage, which is a meeting with the captain of the host of the Lord. And as we shall see later on, the captain referred to here is none other than the second person of the Godhead, Jesus Christ. We need a meeting with the Lord to give us direction, to challenge us, and to encourage us. So I've entitled this sermon very simply, Meeting with the Captain of the Lord of Hosts. Meeting with the Captain of the Host of the Lord. The first thing I would like us to see is that this meeting that Joshua had was a divine meeting. Verse 13 shows us that when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and sees what appears to him to be a normal man with his sword drawn. And without fear, challenges the Lord, what we know to be the Lord, and asks him whether he is for Israel or for their enemies. The Lord responds by saying, nay, which means neither. But as the captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? Joshua responds to this by bowing to the Lord, worshiping him, and asking for orders from him. I think it's important to note that at this point, Joshua may not have understood exactly who this was. The word for worship there could be used of worship before a, a man of, of power. And the word that is translated as Lord uh, is often used of the same. But if he didn't understand who it was before verse 14, he knew it after. He simply understood that the person before him was his superior when he bowed before him. But after verse 15, it says, 
Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And this no doubt would have called to his remembrance the experience of Moses, where the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a flame of fire out of the burning bush that was not consumed. And I'm sure most of you remember that that is where the Lord showed to Moses his covenant name, Jehovah. I am that I am. And at this point in our passage, Joshua would have understood that the person before him was indeed none other than Jehovah God, the one who had led them out of Egypt that was now appearing to him as a man. Another important thing to note about this is that when this, this would have done much to encourage him and assure him that the Lord would indeed be with him. Now, each of us in our lives almost certainly will not have a, a physical first-hand experience where we come face-to-face -face with the Lord. But there will be times by the Holy Spirit we feel and know that the Lord is present with us, where he, he makes a passage in our reading speak to us in a way that we have not seen before, where we are encouraged and, and comforted and where we see the Lord's leading in our lives, where through his word we are given directions as to how our spiritual Jerichos will be defeated. Because this encounter doesn't end at the end of chapter 5. It begins into chapter 6, where Joshua is instructed how they would destroy Jericho. Uh, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 6, now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went in and none came in. None went out and none came in. And this is where the encounter continues. Which, and it says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And then he goes on to tell about how they would encircle the wall six days, and then on the seventh day they would encircle it, and by giving out a cry and the Lord bring down the walls that they would conquer. And all of this comes from the captain of the Lord of hosts. And so the times of refreshing and guidance, such as what Joshua experienced here, is, is what we may experience in our lives and what we should, as Christians, seek for. Times where God makes his presence in our lives known to us. But sometimes there may be periods where we do not have these spiritual meetings, where we feel as if the Lord is not truly present with us. Most of the times it is because something has come between us and the close fellowship that we once had. The meeting that Joshua had here with the Lord was preceded by two covenantal ceremonies in this chapter, and we read that at our uh, Bible reading. And so the next point I would like to move on to is the preceding circumstances of, of this meeting with the captain of the host of the Lord. So what are they? Well, the first one, which is covered from verses 1 through 9, is the rite of circumcision. We read in the beginning of chapter 5 that the Lord commands Joshua to circumcise the children of Israel, 
which is the sign of the old covenant with Israel. In verse 4, it says, And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness by the way after they came out of Egypt. Now all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way as they came forth out of Egypt, them they had not circumcised. For the children of Israel walked forty years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed, because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord, unto whom the Lord sware that he would not show them the land, which the Lord sware unto their fathers that he would give us, a land that floweth with milk and honey. And then in verses 10 through 12, we have the children of Israel observing the Passover. And let me just read those two, three verses. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover and the 14th day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. And the Passover, of course, is the Old Testament version of the Lord's Supper. Each of these ceremonies, however, had not been observed since the Israelites left Sinai, since they rebelled against the Lord. And we might wonder, why hadn't it not been observed? These fundamental aspects of Israel had been neglected for 40 years. And the fact is that they had rebelled against the Lord. They had gone into disobedience. And for all those 40 years, they were apart from God in wandering. For the Christian, there might be times when we experience similar circumstances where we're apart and wandering from God. The rite of circumcision could be seen as the emblem of Israel's separation from everyone around them from all of the false religions, all the worship of false gods that separated them from those without. And so in a way, it was a mark of their consecration to God. But that's something that for a large majority, Israel had neglected. They were not consecrated to the Lord. They were in wandering after their own desires. And then the Passover. It could be, it is a remembrance of what the Lord had done for them in bringing them out of Egypt and of bringing them out of slavery. And these two kinds of, of things consecration and really at its core worship are things that the Christian can find lacking in their own lives. There are times when we, we see that we are not as close to God as we once were. 
we, as it were, wake up the next day and, and realize, when was the last time in reading or in listening to God's word being preached that I felt God's presence, his speaking to me and, and challenging me? And oftentimes it's because we have gone out of being fully devoted to God, of being consecrated to God. And there's a reason that both these two ceremonies directly preceded this meeting with Joshua. It is to show that if we desire to have meetings with God, we must be consecrated to him and must be in, in worship. When we are seeking God, that is when he will meet with us. When we don't see that in our lives is when we need to wake up and realize that we need a meeting with the captain of the host of the Lord. And Joshua needed, needed it. He was about to go into one of the most remarkable victories that Israel would have. And he needed the Lord's presence with them. But Joshua, he had this meeting with the captain of the host of the Lord. We read in Again, I'll just read verse 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. Now we might read that and think, Why did he say nay? Why does he say no? Because the two questions that Joshua asked is, are you for us or are you against us? We know that he, the Lord would not be against him. When we would think that he would be for him. But so in the final point that I have for today, I would like us to see the purpose of the meeting. Because there is a remarkable purpose that we see here in the meeting that Joshua had with the captain of the host of the Lord. And in this response that the captain of the Lord of hosts had, we see that there. Because what was Joshua's intention in, in asking this? He, there could be one of two or maybe even three possibilities of why the Lord responds, nay or neither, as I said before. And the first one could be that when Joshua asked the question, are you for us or are you against us? He was basically asking, are you going to be following me or are you going to be going against me? And in that kind of circumstance, obviously the question would be no. Because the Lord, he is the captain. As many commentators put it, Joshua may have been the general, but Christ is 
the supreme general, the one over the head, over all of the armies, not just the armies of Israel, but the armies of the angels, of the, all of the host of the Lord. And so in that, the right response would be no. A second possibility is, is he trying to say to him that there would be some that were among them that God was not truly for? Because we read later on in Joshua that there were some that were not truly following the Lord. We see Achan and, and his family, and they rebel, he rebels against the Lord. And so maybe he's saying that, that there would be different circumstances where they might have losses because they were not truly faithful to the Lord. But I think what the main response, the main purpose in Christ, the Lord giving this response is the former one. That he's telling him that he is not the final captain over the armies of Israel. He's not the final captain. God is. And Joshua would have to learn that later on when the Gibeonites come to him and they try and make a treaty with them to protect themselves, Joshua goes on ahead as if he is the captain of the host of the Lord and makes the decision without seeking the Lord. And so we see him needing to remember again that he is not the final captain over this warfare that he was in. And that is something that we need to keep in mind throughout all of the circumstances that we find ourselves, that we are not the captain. And no matter what responsibility we are given, the Lord is still the one that is at the head of us. One thing that comforts me with whatever responsibility God places in my life, I know that it doesn't end with me. Any authority that I or anyone has is delegated from the Lord. And so whatever responsibility we are given, like Joshua given the responsibility of leading the Israelites into Jericho, he's not just following his own intellect, his, his own abilities. He's following the lead of the Lord. And that is what we as Christians do. We follow the leading of the Lord. And so when we do feel perplexed, when we see the enemies of the Lord coming against us, we know it's all in the Lord's hand. And no matter if the walls of Jericho, the spiritual Jericho that we face might be hundreds of feet high, the Lord will bring them down. Whatever spiritual battles we will face in our lives, the Lord will give us victory over them. If not in our present lives, 
but in the final victory that we have over death, which is the glorification of our bodies and of being with the Lord for eternity. Knowing that the Lord is the captain of our lives is an encouraging thing, but it is also challenging because so often we can want to hold on to what we have and manipulate it as it were to bring us along. Maybe at, in verse 13, when Joshua was beside Jericho and and then he lifted up his eyes. Before that, he was looking at at Jericho and thinking, how am I gonna handle this? But the Lord came to him and showed him the way that he would go. And this meeting that Joshua had with the captain of the host of the Lord encouraged him and enabled him to go on and to conquer Jericho. We read later on in verse 20. So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. So the, the people went up in the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. The Lord gave the victory. And although Joshua would have to learn other lessons along the way, this was the beginning of his ministry. And so the main thing that I want to leave with you today is is to remember who our captain is and to seek in your life meetings with him through prayer and through reading of God's word because that is God's message to us. And also to seek with to understand within your own heart is the Lord your captain because if you are not truly following the Lord then the answer to Joshua's original question is is no it's not neither it's no if you are not for Christ then Christ is your adversary. And that is an adversary that no one can stand against. And if you find that the Lord is not your captain, that I urge you to to seek to be made right with the Lord and to, as, as Joshua did, to worship before him and and ask to him lord what you would have what would you have me to do what saith my lord to his servant and so let us all continue on in in courage knowing that the captain of the lord of hosts is our captain 
as a general encourages his soldiers to go into battle and to accomplish feats of valor, so does Christ encourage his army as the captain of the host of the Lord. And so let us all pray. Our dear Father in heaven, Lord, we thank thee for today and for blessing us with your word. Lord, I pray that you would help us to remember that you are our captain and that we must submit to you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see where you are leading in our lives. Lord, I pray that you would help us to to seek to meet with you and to know what is your will for our lives. So, Lord, I pray that you would bless us in the rest of today. Help us to love and honor you. We pray this in thy son's holy and precious name. Amen.